page uh, Roman number five of the Renewing the Mind in Sonship. You don't have to say it out loud, but I want to get our thoughts lined up. The revelation of my sonship comes from hearing the Father's voice for myself. I know who my Father is. I know I have a home, and I know I have an inheritance. That's Romans 8, 14 and 15. As a son, I know where I came from. I know where I'm going. And I know that I have authority to act on the Father's behalf in Jesus' name. Where does that come from? We'll do it, turn it into a quiz. That's John 13, isn't it? Uh, three through five. Now I am a son of God, though it may not fully look like it yet. And where's that? First John 3, 1 through 3, right? I am now a son of God. Because I have received the free gift of the Father's Son, He's given me the right to be a son of God. Where does that come from? Everybody knows John chapter 1. Uh, it's either verse 14 or 18. To as many as received Him, He gave the right to be sons of God. I have received the Spirit of adoption, the Holy Spirit, who has placed me in the Son. That again is Romans 8. The Father has chosen me in Jesus Christ and ordained me to sonship before the foundation of the world. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. Well, I want to just rehearse because we've been having a lot of new folks coming in to table of friends, lots of folks that are asking about triads and I uh, don't know if any of them are going to be on here tonight, but I thought we'd just start with a refresher of what we're trying to accomplish um, in this. Uh, and I, so I would say our objective, are we able to share those? Everybody get to see that? Um, our objective is, number one, to help facilitate a movement of sonship around the world, which is clearly an existing priority of the Spirit. I'm not saying that we're the primary movers in that or the primary um, carriers, but we do want to have a part in it, don't we? Amen. Secondly, we want to connect leaders and believers who have a growing desire to connect with sonship and the Father's love. So we're helping facilitate something. We're connecting people. That's a relational thing, a God thing to do. Thirdly, to sharpen one another to a clear articulation of sonship so that we're in a sense saying the same thing. I believe we, we catch this. We start hearing worship songs with um, common lyrics in it and find out that the Holy Spirit is breathing the same thing on many, many places, many people. By the way, I got a I got an email from a former student of mine. <clears throat> Her name is Jessie uh, Chisarek. She married uh, Mark Harris's son. Mark Harris is the executive director of the worship at Gateway Church. And so uh, she said, I kept hearing you say, she wrote, she wrote to me this last week and said, um, you kept saying this phrase and it stuck in me. Nothing to fear, nothing to hide, nothing to prove, nothing to lose. And she said, uh, I've been in the Songwriters Guild at Gateway for some time, and I always wanted to get that in a song. And uh, she did. And so Leland recorded that. And I think you've, most of you have heard that. The, the song starts with nothing to hide, nothing to lose, nothing to fear, nothing to prove. And I, I don't know if she was feeling guilty about not paying me royalties on that or just saying <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but it was sweet 
it was really sweet to see that uh, the Holy Spirit is breathing that on uh, people in many different places. And that's what we can count on, that uh, we can sharpen each other in a clear articulation of the Father's love for us and how that looks when we learn to receive it. And then fourthly, to invite others into a new way to be. It's more than just things we do. It's not just shifting people from one list of of actions to another list. It's a way to be, and that comes out of a priority for, for what we know in our spirit. So recent topics we've talked about here in the last few months, sonship and suffering, sonship and authority submission. We've talked about obedience and loving correction and sonship and evangelism. That was a, a great session. And then uh, those of you that are at Table of Friends, you know, we're, we're in a fairly lengthy series talking about when Jesus calls him father, when Jesus calls him father, every time he uses that term using our father, my father, your father, uh, or just father God, we know that he is pointing to something much deeper that we already have. And so if we'll learn as we're reading, especially in the gospels, but also in in uh, the epistles, when we're reading Jesus' words and he talks about God as Father, he's saying something at the risk of his life uh, because the Jews hated him for it. And every time he uses that term 150 times, he's pointing to something that is ours. I want to encourage you, when you're reading the Gospels, look for uh, Jesus' use of the term Father and then just stop and dig right there. Ask the Father what he wants to show you in that. So tonight, carrying on in the themes, we want to talk about this week appropriately, the language of sonship. Uh, this comes out of chapter five of the Abba Formation. And uh, this would be zero in on a couple of these. I think we have five different characteristics of the language of sonship, but tonight, Thanksgiving and affirmation. And uh, yes, there's a part of that where we choose to do it it's out of our will, but but we know that if it's the fruit of the Spirit, then it's the Holy Spirit that's moving on us to to appreciate, to affirm, to give thanks. And we want to talk about that, and I hope you're bringing something to the table uh, in that regard. So uh, what about a Trinitarian Thanksgiving? Let's think about that uh, before we jump to to these, well, maybe we can go ahead and look at that in chapter five, pages 85 to 97 in the Alba formation. Uh, we see that there are significant uh, characteristics of our languaging. When you get a revelation of sonship, you're going to talk different. You're going to speak out of the abundance of your heart and the language will begin to sound very different. So we talk about a language of honor. All of this comes out of this sharing the God kind of life at a, at a level of language. Uh, and this is a unique thing about the image of God in us. Animals don't have the opportunity or the ability to, to communicate in a language form as man does. God gave us in making us in his image, the capacity to share and receive love primarily through language. Isn't that amazing? So, so we talk about the language of honor, partnering in the Trinitarian conversation about each other. Uh, how do we do that? Well, 
We pray the Holy Spirit helps us to see people the way the Father sees them. And as we say, we we see the gold in people instead of the dirt. Anybody can find the dirt on people, anybody. But to find the gold in people, that takes the work of the Holy Spirit, doesn't it? And then the language of abundance, what we already have, not trying to obtain. So we're spending a lot of time meditating here at Table of Friends these last few weeks on the fact that all things are yours. 41 times in the New Testament, uh, this is declared. All things are yours. All things are God's. Therefore, because you are God's, all things are yours. And why do we want to emphasize that? It's not about prosperity. It's not about me being able to say, look at me, I've got everything. No, it's quite different from that. It's actually uh, the opposite. It's when you get a, a revelation that everything that you will ever need is already accessible to you by the Holy Spirit, then you can relax and begin to live a life of generosity. And so it's not about saying, oh, I'm claiming everything. We don't need everything at our disposal right now. Jesus didn't need a stable full of donkeys or horses. He he could just call on one that was tied up to a post and tell the master that uh, the owner that the master has need of it. So we've been talking the last two Sundays here about the difference between income and provision. Income is something we can do. Provision is something the Father does for us. Income is something that we can get caught up in and measure our identity by. Uh, but really, provision is how we get busy with the Father's business. Uh, that's a lot there that I hope that uh, we can get into eventually. Then the language of affirmation, how we encourage each other in the day-to-day -day way of being, how we keep sharpening one another helping each other articulate clearly how we remind one another what we see in each other, how to continue to stir. And it's the 58 one another's in the gospels. Uh, sorry, in the epistles, there are 58 one another's love one another, bear one another's burdens, uh, provoke one another in, in good works. This, this is the outworking. This is the daily activity of our life in the Trinity. This is what father God does with the Son, with the Spirit, and brings us up into the life of the triune God. And so that life looks like a one another kind of a life. You'll see that the Gospels and the Epistles are not about what you can do on your own, but what we can do when we discover that we are one uh, with one another. So the language of affirmation really is encouraging one another in the day-to-day -day way of being as a son and daughter of God. And then we talk about the language of the Spirit, speaking from the heart, uh, not just from the head, and how the Holy Spirit prays through us when we pray in the Spirit, sing in the Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit is given uh, given articulation through us join together with us. And so that's a powerful way. Uh, and Paul says, when you pray in unknown tongues, you give thanks well. So we know that when we're praying in the spirit, we're also involved in thanksgiving and affirmation. We're affirming God of who he is, Jesus, who he is, Holy Spirit's working in us. And I'm convinced that the more I pray in the Holy Spirit, the more the Lord draws me to pray for people that I might not otherwise be thinking about and then to begin to affirm and give thanks for them as well. I hope this uh, is triggering some things uh, for you. All of this are this is characteristics of sonship that impact uh, Thanksgiving, 
uh, an af affirmation. We say in the book, and uh, I think it's true. That's why I said it. <laughs> I believe that affirmation is the mother tongue of the kingdom. I believe it's the mother tongue of the kingdom. You don't find judgmentalism uh, allotted anywhere that we're to, to be judging one another, comparing ourselves to one another, putting each other down. The mother tongue of the kingdom is uh, always this looking to and through the triune relationship. And here's where the key clues are. And, and, if people that are around me very much, if, if I sometimes just think if I could just get you to lock in on this one thought, take everything back to the Trinity. If you can see it happening in the Trinity, then it's God. If you can't see it happening in the Trinity, it's probably not God. There's no judgment in the Trinity. There's no judgment in the conversation between Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So why would there be judgment in our conversation with one another? It's, it's always the simplest way. Maybe I'm oversimplifying it. But to me, the simplest way to know if something is of God or not is can I see that happening in the life and relationship of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? And for whatever reason, this is not accusation for anyone, but I just never was taught it that way. Uh, I wish I was. Maybe I was, and I didn't have enough sense to, to catch on to that. But it's a simple way, the same way that we look through the lens of the life of Jesus to really understand who God is, uh, the way we look through the Father's eyes to understand who we are. We look at the life of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to understand what is it like to, to, to live as a son. So that would tell us a lot about how we're supposed to speak to one another, about one another, and the fact that we do speak with one another. And then what does Jesus model in his relationships with people? So so the same way, and here's, here's why this is so, so, so important of a connection, the same way Jesus behaves or bees with the Father and with the Spirit, we find him being that way with us. We find him being that same way, sharing the Father's heart, loving us the same way the fathers loved him. And so when we look at how Jesus acts towards others, towards human beings, then it shows us something of what we are to take from that life of the triune God. So then what did the scriptures say about it? Well, the scriptures say a lot about thanksgiving and affirmation. We're not going to go uh, very far in that, but the fruit of our lips, the fruit of our lips that's what is the fruit of our lips? The fruit of our lips are words that come from our heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So whatever is abundant in your heart is going to show up as fruit on your lips. And the fruit of our lips is to give thanks to his name. Isn't that right? Giving thanks to his name. And then uh, Psalm 126. I don't know if I've got any more here or not. Uh, just a, a few more verses just to stir us up a little bit. And I'm stirring you because I want you to, to uh, throw your stick in the fire here in just a second. Psalm 100, enter into his gates, into his presence. Gates represent authority in the scripture. So enter into his power and authority in the kingdom of how? With thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Psalm 26, 7, that I may proclaim with the voice of thanksgiving and tell all your wondrous works. There's how we're supposed to speak. Psalm 95, 2, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving, let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. And then 
we enter into his gates. Second uh, Corinthians nine eleven. get over in the New Testament. While you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. As we see God working in you, it causes us to give thanks to the Lord. This is the life of the Spirit. Right now in another part of our building, we have uh, a Friendsgiving going on with uh, a lot of young people, folks that don't have family in the area. They're getting together and having an early Thanksgiving meal, and that's what's happening right there. We're sharing with one another thanksgiving to God for what God is, has done through us. And then Philippians 4, 6, we know, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. That is, when you pray, be sure that you pray with thanksgiving as well. Don't wait until you see it happen to give thanks. Give thanks when you pray because we believe we receive when we pray. So is this by willpower or is it by the indwelling life of the spirit? Uh, I want to just bring you in on this now. I've, I've talked enough already for the evening and I hope you'll jump in. And uh, the idea here is how is sonship the root of our thankful heart? In other words, it's not it, it does Thanksgiving become a leverage that we use to try to get into sonship? No. Is the revelation of our sonship creating a fruit in our lips that gives thanks? And how do you do that? How do you live in that? Do you struggle with affirmation? I do at times, and, and uh, I have some thoughts that I want to share for why I struggle with affirmation at times. So here's some questions for us. What would you say would be impacts of sonship on Thanksgiving and affirmation? What would we need to cultivate in us by the Holy Spirit? I'm saying the Holy Spirit is the active ingredients there that would cause Thanksgiving and affirmation to blossom in our lives. And then what impacts does the language of Thanksgiving and affirmation have upon judging or judgmentalism? Uh, and then finally, how do you stir yourself to affirm others? Or is that something we need to do? What do you think brings edification, exhortation, and comfort? And what's the some of the characteristics? What would that sound like in lives that are full of His Spirit? Uh, if you would, uh, Ethan, I'm, I'm thankful. I'm going to start with Thanksgiving for Ethan, who's uh, here uh, helping me with things that are way too wonderful for me. And so uh, he's helping us. If you can just give us um, the screenshots where I can see your faces. And and uh, I don't know if I've set up a clear uh, question for you, but where would you like to jump in in this this language of sonship and affirming and giving thanks to one another. Is there any room for judgmentalism or uh, any exceptions? What have you found to be the most difficult thing about affirming others? Anybody want to jump in? Good yeah, to I see would you, like, I would like to. I would like to say something about that because as, as far as I know, um, my my the way that i see the people in in being a son uh, must be must be looking at the people as as they are in in christ you know as they are as a new person so sometimes 
for me especially uh, because uh, and I think that is a is a cultural thing because in Colombia we you guys have a like a an special week for gratitude and for you know like for to express the gratitude and, and to give thanks for a lot of things we don't have that in Colombia as you said but uh but I think that the most difficult or, or the thing that I struggle with is to look at the people the way God made them, the, the, the way God intended to to make them. And I think that is something that, you know, like I struggle with that because I, I can see the, you know, like the, as, the, as the young people say, facts. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it's a struggle. Yeah. So... So to, to see them the way the father sees them. And, um, I would, I would just like to stir your heart with this idea. Can, can we ask the father to show us his dreams for us? And uh, I've been meditating on this thought that before the foundation of the world, the father was dreaming about us, had us in his heart, uh, dreaming about us. And so there seems to me to be something of a prophetic edge to this idea of being able to see what the father has always seen about a person. Uh, does that, does it ever cloud your mind that you think, well, I'm not that prophetic, so I don't guess I can do this. I mean, that comes to me on occasion. I don't feel like my prophetic gift is working here. I can't see anything of God in this person. So my wife says, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. <laughs> Anybody else? Do you do you struggle to affirm people, or does it come easy to you and give us some keys? I'll share a little bit. Um, something I've learned about uh, uh, seeing people as God sees them with their identity. I've had at least two occasions in the last couple months to have to correct someone uh they, they broke a promise to me or broke a covenant with me and i i address the behavior that this is the thing that i had expected this is not like you this is not who you are is what i said later on in the mm -hmm. text mm -hmm. so i affirmed who they are and then i recognized that their identity but i separated it from the behavior instead of saying yeah, yeah. you're a thief or you never pay your bills yeah. i said <laughs> You didn't yeah. pay your bills, and that's not like that's not who you are. That's not who I yeah. knew you'd be. And that's I got great, such a Michael. soft response in both cases, yeah. with a with yeah. a heartfelt apology instead of a defensive mm -hmm. uh, position. So, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, what a great reminder! Oh, it is, and that is excellent because when we can separate the action from the person, and we can talk to people about the action, say, "I'm not. I know that's not your nature. I know that's not who you are." Then, uh, then the defenses can come down, can't they? I think you've struck on something really powerful there. Uh, and especially when we tend to get in an argument, you know, the language that we use in our arguments is critical because if we say you are so-and-so or you always, that kind of ties the behavior with the, the nature of the person, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Jeremy, good to see you, brother. Hey, you anything you want to jump in on? Bounce, yeah, uh, Ollie and actually, we were saying yes and amen to everything uh, that's been shared so far. Um, I think that the thing that we would say is 
there is the the real high place of sonship that in thinking about affirmation and gratitude, especially in relationship with others, is in the face of um, <laughs> somebody singing. <laughs> So in the face of um, when someone else is actually judging you or accusing you or pushing away from you, um, uh, then then there's there's the place of the self-defense and self-protection where where we as sons and daughters of God actually can start to build up our own, you know, self-defense. So to affirm in the in the face of rejection and to affirm another person in the face of what looks like them judging you or disconnecting from you is a is an incredibly powerful thing. There's that we've been doing this in some marriage counseling that Holly and I have been doing, and how sonship impacts marriage specifically. And I know these are, these are some of the things that we would love to discuss later on um, in as subjects around sonship, but. Um, we've been really challenging spouses that in the in the place of feeling like your spouse is against you, you actually step into affirmation. You step, you release the opposite spirit instead of going into self protection and self preservation. You actually step into um, affirmation. Sometimes you might need to take a little time out with the Holy Spirit and pray in the Spirit for a little while <laughs> so you can get your heart right. But yes. but. There's definitely an invitation for us to always be giving an answer in the form of 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 affirmation and acceptance, because that's the language that the father always gives to us. Um, I think I heard we've heard somebody say it. God, God is never speaking to you about who you aren't. He's always speaking to you about who you are. And we need to accept that kind of language where we're always speaking to someone about who they are, not who they aren't. And so you want to add anything? Uh, I think for me, the thing uh -huh. that really, hi, <laughs> the thing for me that really shifted in that space um, to help me be able to see every person through the eyes of my daddy is to learn in my own sonship, how to receive the perspective of my dad. Oh, me. Because wow. in that space, I, I've now just put on my dad's eyes. Yeah. When I've received who I truly am and, and I'm more focused on who I am and not who I believe I'm not, then my eyesight changes my my vision changes and i can naturally see people through the eyes of my daddy that's really good <laughs> yeah <laughs> very good you notice when paul corrects and when jesus corrects he always starts with the positive uh when you look at the seven churches he's talking to in revelations he always starts with the thing that they're doing well he affirms them in who they are and how they have been obedient to the word. And then he'll say, there's something that you haven't obeyed in, but he's, he's separating who they are from what they do here. Again, it's such a powerful tool when you can separate who somebody is from what they do. And then also ask the Lord, father, how do you see them? How do you see them? If we can see that, um, Michael, you've given some great input. Um, Jeremy, Holly, Andres, uh, good to have Sergio. Sergio, where have we met? Well, I just, this is like my third time in this, in this uh, 
symposium. So thank you for having me. I was, and I was thinking about the time when Jonathan goes to see David in the desert and he says three things. You are not going to die. You are going to be king and I'm going to be with you. So in a way, he's affirming what he knows about his future, uh, irrespective of what he is living at the moment. And he's that, that's one of those moments. If yes. I remember correctly, David is receives the strength of the Lord in two opportunities. And, and one of those is that when he hears his friend affirming his 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 future. The other one is when he is about to go and meet someone in, in battle. But that's one of those occasions when he receives the, the power of the Holy Spirit to, to go on. So that, that came yeah. to my mind. Appreciate that. Thank you, Sergio. Yeah. Where are you from, you. Sergio? From Colombia. Uh, Andres uh, invited me. Ah, beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for joining of us. Of Appreciate that. Well, you you might know and probably do know that uh, this week is Thanksgiving week for we North Americans. And uh, you guys don't have that. So everybody starts shutting down, you know, this week. And and uh, gathering their families together and and uh, eating a lot. Uh, we we are going to eat a lot this week. That's that's so true. Praise the Lord. I want to just suggest this idea to to take it a step further. Most of you have heard me talk about when the Lord said, "Carrie, I want to make you the master of the prophetic question." I want to make you the master of the prophetic question. I've been seeking him about that for a long time and asking him to teach me about that. And the one thing I can say that he has taught me about the prophetic question is that it always goes to the purpose of the individual. I think you can prophesy to people about some things that really don't make a whole lot of difference. You can prophesy about what's coming tomorrow or your emotions, how you feel, but a, a, a true prophetic voice will go past your circumstances and reach into who you be and the purposes of God for your life. And uh, the prophetic question will cause you to think about not just what you're doing, but what's my purpose? Why am I here? That gets you back to the foundation of the father's dream. So the, the, the prophetic question has to do with a person's purpose, which has to do with the dream that the father has for the person. Now, how great would it be to be in the, in the church where people are just stirring up each other's father dreams and what God wants to do in our hearts with one another, instead of dealing with our actions, our problems, maybe our mistakes, which we tend to get caught up in. And then judgmentalism comes from that. Do you see a connection between um, affirmation, the language of affirmation, and the Father's dream for us, and touching someone at the point of their purpose? Uh, is there something there? Have you ever had someone that has come and talked to you and then went right past maybe something you were bound up in at the time, maybe something you were struggling with, and they ministered to you about who you be and what the father's purpose is for you. Can you recall any situations where something like that broke in and got you back on course?
the deadly silence. <laughs> Rick, go ahead. The um, turn your volume down. Um, I was just thinking about this and the, something that um, has come up uh, with talking with um, people is the skipping over the who are you and moving straight to the why are you. And it's um, it's helped start a lot of conversations with people that, um, and we all know this, men tend to look at who they are as by what they do. Right. And uh, being able to to just get over that and go straight to the why are you and uh, why are you is is um, to start off the conversation is well why are you is because god loves you more than you could possibly imagine mm -hmm. and that he wants you to know him the way he knows you and that that and he wants you to do that here and now not sometime in the past not sometime in the future but right now and uh this uh, uh this uh, sonship and especially in the conversation that i've been listening to right now is getting away from the who and and, and you know because um it's too introspective to um feelings you know who who are you uh, if you can go straight to the why are you, um, it, 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 it helps, at least for me, it helps uh, build that, start the building that relationship at a, a much different level. I think it'll really help with uh, developing this uh, 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 more of this, more of the uh, idea of sonship. Uh, with people that don't they've never even heard of it they don't they, you right. know, they don't have uh, an idea of it yet but so let me ask you a question for clarification when you say talking about why are you are you saying why are you here or why do you exist or could that conversation easily shift over to why are you doing what you're doing yes yes because to I mean, me, most of it has I've always thought the who is getting closer to, sorry, I talked over you. Go ahead. Say it again, Rick. Again, I stepped on it. Um, mo most of what it's doing is that it's becoming a um, conversation starter as to why are you here? Um, I, I, and I didn't... Um, I guess I kind of missed the other part of the question, but all right. Yeah. Why, why are you here is, is one of those, you know, one of the big three questions. Um, I think the, when I tend to think of why are you, uh, it would be easy for us as guys to say, why are you doing what you do? Okay. So we're back into the, into the doing thing rather yeah. than who we be. So, I, I think that's great. And I think if you can get people there and, and then get them back to uh, who they be because of why God loved us before the foundation of the world, that's, that's a great tool. 
all of us have bridges built into our hearts and those bridges are, are made by those major questions, who we are made in God's image. Why are we here? You know, where are we going? Uh, eternally. Those are, those are the big questions, but then we have wounds in our soul that open up our heart, um, to other interrogations. Um, you know, it could be somebody going through a, a divorce or somebody going through, uh, a loss of a job and they're in the midst of, uh, sense of grief and loss. Then the, the, why might take you to a whole different place when it, why are you, why are you feeling the way you do or maybe feeling estranged from God? Those are great. Lots of questions and always looking for the bridge into the person's heart. Anybody else a thought about the, the dream of the father? How can we awaken the dream of the father in people's hearts? Gary, I'll share. Um, I, Holly had to step out, but she was mentioning a really pivotal moment for her and I, was when um, exactly what you said, someone spoke into us prophetically. Um, actually, it was when we, um, when the Lord handed us Faith Foundry Church, because we we helped plant Faith Foundry, but we weren't like the ones, like we were already doing daily worship. And so that was like our culture. And we didn't really fully understand what God was doing when he had us take on and, and literally within... 30 days, we grew the church from 80 people to about 20. And so uh, it was, it was, it was an upside down church growth. Uh, uh, and, and really what we, what, we, <laughs> what we ended up this with. This church is was, going down. This yeah. church is going down slower than any church I've pastored before. Praise his holy name. <laughs> so we, um, what we found was that the core that remained were those that we had been personally discipling. And these yeah. were people that we, that they had already been, their lives had been impacted and transformed and they were doing life with us on, on a regular basis. And many of them were already discipling others. And so, um, but, but the purpose that was spoken over us, we have a prophetic friend who, um, is from the old school, but the Lord definitely used her to speak about purpose for us because we really didn't understand what the whole, I'm like, we were handed this building and all these bills and all these different things, all the, we didn't want any of that. Like that, that wasn't our vision. That wasn't something we created. And so we took on uh, all this baggage that somebody else had created and we just were having a hard time finding the why. And so um, prophetically it was spoken into us and, and actually it was, it was really a word over the entire body of everyone that was there. Um, they spoke and said, you guys, faith foundry exists, um, to shift church culture. Like your yeah. mandate is to shift the culture. And so we, I was telling that word pierced us. I mean, everybody that was there that day, it was like this, it was like a mandate from heaven that specifically prophetically spoke into what we were going to do as a community and how we were going to learn how to love each other and learn how to serve one another and disciple in such a way and and do church differently than even though we had a Sunday gathering in a building with a sign over the door you know we were going to we were going to do purposefully um church 
relationship, discipleship differently. I know that's been the whole thing with table of friends is that we're going to do things differently. We're not, we're not trying to just do, we're not, we're not trying to fit into the church plant model. We're not reading the books on how to grow a church in 90 days and, you know, all these different things. We, we were organically letting the Lord really take us by the hand. And so anyways, in that prophetic word came an authority for us and that that was from the lord it really wasn't from the prophet it was from the lord to basically speak into us our identity around who we were going to be as a body and yeah. um it's it's been something that we've kept at the forefront of everything that we do and and really it was the it was the red carpet for the sonship revelation to really take a deeper root for us um, because, you know, that was something we had language, we had some language for it, but I'm telling you the soil of our heart, um, and our spirit was so tilled to receive the Abba journey that, I mean, people were just immediately able to receive it and begin to walk in it and, and, and duplicate out of it because God had already given the prophetic mandate to, and spoke it into us. So Jeremy and and the rest of you, jump in and give us three or four or five words, if you can put it in a word, of what that spoken purpose released in you. When you've received a prophetic word, I'm talking to all of you, when you've received a prophetic word, what does that word release in you? For me, it was empowering. It was I felt empowered to actually do what God was asking me to do. Faith, focus, that sense of purpose, boldness, the power to say no to things that are distracting you from the purpose. So uh, I hope you're sensing what's happening right now in the conversation. We've shit, shifted from just a Thanksgiving week focus on let's be grateful for each other. Let's be thankful. We've shifted into picking up the mantle of the Father's business in speaking purpose into people's lives by the Holy Spirit. That's a prophetic work uh, of the Spirit through sons and daughters to awaken the Father's dream in people's hearts. There's many, many ways to say that. It's not the only way for sure. How many of you would just, could you give me a, a, a brief testimony of someone that spoke a prophetic word in you that released something in you of your purpose so that you begin to get a little more focused, a little more uh, on the main road? Andres? Yeah, I remember, I remember when we went to Houston and and when I went to 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 your church, you were pastoring for the, and I w went for the first time to that place. I was so broken, you know, everything in my life was like a mess, a big, really big mess. And I remember that you you didn't even know anything about me. We haven't met, and you be, before you you start your preaching, you came down, you go straight to me, and you said. To me, I have a vision. I have I have a word for you, and I saw an eagle without feathers, <laughs> and that's you know like for me that was shocking because it was like my reality at that moment. And I remember that you preach, 
And at the end of that service, you came back, you came back to me and you said to me, you know what? I saw another vision and I saw the eagle and the feathers it start it starts to grow, to grow back again. And I remember that that word, uh, you know, like help me, help me realize that my life wasn't uh, determined by a mistake, but by God's word. So <laughs> from that moment on, I realized that 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 wasn't the end. That was just the beginning of a new mm -hmm. season in my life. Mm -hmm. That was amazing for me. That uh, is amazing. Anybody else? That's a great story, and I remember it very well. Andres, how scary is that to give a, a word to somebody you've never met before? <laughs> it's, it's always kind of hanging out there on the edge, isn't it? Somebody else? Anybody speak a word over you? We've heard from uh, Jeremy and from Andres, anybody received a prophetic word that really helped you to, to cut to the chase and get power for focus? Gary. Yes, sir. Jim. Um, it's probably about 10 years ago when, um, I had received a, I guess a, a word that kind of redirected, um, how I would work or practice medicine and uh, essentially sh shifted me from just operating out of the, from the tree of knowledge to the tree of life. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, also you, you see people or patients uh, not as trying to diagnose a condition and treat a condition, but again, as a child of God and, and um, uh, Holy Spirit would not necessarily uh, give me rural clear pictures, but it's one of those things where you find yourself leading a certain direction in a conversation, and and uh, you didn't even know that you were going to go there, and all of a sudden things open up and. Um, God touches uh, that that time, um, and so I may not be uh, quite as um, acute at giving a uh, uh, prophetic word in terms of of identity, of direction, purpose in a in an individual, but it's let's say more easy to give uh, words to edify, exert, and comfort somebody. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, redirect, I mean, just like Jeremy, we, I see people going through marital difficulties and, and um, try to redirect them in their conversation, especially the ones who have been hurt and recognize that um, if they start with their own relationship with the Lord and, and they are thankful and they understand what uh, Jesus has done. Uh, just the idea goes further with, with forgiveness of this person that they start to see this other person that yeah. hurt them in a different way. Because yeah. uh, once a heart 
can be softened with forgiveness, then they actually can um, hear differently and speak differently in that relationship. And so again, just leading up some patients through, through things. Um, And I will start again with, with recognizing that, you know, it's too easy for a doctor just to write a prescription. It's another thing to know a person, understand them and kind of, um, in a way, um, lead them by the spirit to a, a, a different, different place for them and different, uh, way to see themselves, see their situation, see the other people around them. And, um, again, it just, um, every time these encounters happen, it just is a time for myself just to, to be, um, even more thankful to the Lord and feeling more blessed. I am. And, uh, and I would like to say, doing, um, just the years that I've known you, Jim, how many people I've heard that have been blessed by the way you practice medicine, uh, you bring the father into it and it, and it's come to clarity in my mind right now that you have a lot of people that you've ministered to in that way in your doctor's office, where by taking the time to pray for them, uh, audibly, you're actually bringing them into the conversation, uh, between the father, the son, yourself, them, where they felt distant from God, swallowed up by problems. Now, all of a sudden, they're talking to God as they listen to you speak to him and they're, they're in his presence. So what a powerful way to do whatever we do, whether it's in the, whether it's in the, uh, the warehouse or the, uh, the, the tool, what, what do you call your place there? Uh, Rick, where you work, which, which one of the tool shops do you work at? I'm at McCoy's McCoy's. Yeah supplies and whatnot, greeting people as they come in the door and opening up conversation. Isn't it amazing that we have the ability as sons of God to just with a conversation to bring people right into the father's presence, people that otherwise would be so so afraid to even open up, open a conversation with God. And we get to be the door Lift up your heads, O ye gates, be lifted up, ye everlasting doors. We are the doors that uh, people can walk through. And uh, could it be, I'm just trying to ask some questions and stir some more memories for you. Could it be that the reason told us to bless those that curse you and pray for those that despitefully use you is not just for them, but so that we could catch the Father's heart and the Father's eyes for the person (laughs) that we're struggling with. And uh, you've heard my stories and how the Lord really has saved my life over and over again by teaching me to rewrap the the bandages of my own wounds by blessing, by blessing people. We can all find something wrong with people. We can all talk about uh, what we did wrong and why we disagree with it. Uh, what a what an amazing way just to step over that and begin to prophetically speak into who someone is uh, by virtue of their relationship with the fathers, sons and daughters, and to speak prophetically in that way. Uh, Rachel, I haven't heard anything from you. Reese, we haven't had Reese Wilkinson on the on the. Um, 
on the podcast here for a little bit. So I want to re Reese to speak up a little bit after Rachel. Go ahead, Rachel. Okay. So, um, go ahead. Go ahead. Turn this down, Daddy. Okay. So I have found personally that when I minister to others, uh, lots of you don't know that, um, the Lord sends me people. And sometimes it's people that have been through things that were harder than have gone through things that are harder than what I've ever been through. And mm -hmm. I found that in ministering to them, my heart softens and and in asking the Lord, what it, how, what is it that you want to, me to tell them for you? I want to be your instrument. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, so many times I have found my own healing because the Lord speaks prophetically to me personally, he'll say, this is for you too, Rachel. This is for you too. So I have found healing in my own life just yeah. in wanting to be, wanting just to be his vessel. And yeah. I'm, and I'm so thank that I'm very thankful for that because, you know, I, I, I know I can be a prankster and, and as everybody knows, I like Bucky and I use Bucky for a tool to get people to smile. And they say, you're so happy. And, you know, I'll say, yeah, but it's because of Jesus. It's yeah, because yeah. of Jesus. You know, he brings me joy. Joy comes in the morning. But anyways, going back on this other, it's in ministering to others, I get ministered to. So time yeah. and time again, that's so all I have to say. So true. And if we can be a vessel of his, speak his words, then of course those are going to nurture us as well. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've ministered to somebody that was struggling with uh, a marriage or some relationship. And I went home feeling so blessed in my own life. So thankful. I just, I would go home giving thanks to God for not only using us to speak to somebody, but for what he's doing in my life in that area. And he sharpens us. Every time we minister to somebody, we get sharpened in articulating the father's love. If we're doing it through him, Reese, good to see you, man. Reese is a, I won't say an old friend or even a long time friend, but a friend of ours from LCU. He's been a student at LCU and, and uh, has a beautiful family. How many children do you have now, Reese? Uh, number number seven will be here in May uh, or, or March. Of, yeah, sorry, May of May of twenty four. I got to get the dates right now. May twenty four. Yeah, number Good seven in the oven. Yeah, share with us what you're hearing. Yeah, so with us, I mean, it, it's it's been a a journey when 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 I met you, Carrie, and a lot of other uh, people that have kind of spoken into our life, but prophetic words even coming into sonship really helped my wife and I, it, it, it changed our whole marriage. We had a few people speak directly into us that didn't really know us. And then that changed kind of our whole family's course. We went from three children and we're done to uh, number seven going to be here early next year. So um, that, that, that Good course of, of just learning, I realized just the father's heart in, in both uh, family and also in intimacy. Once my intimacy with the father got fixed, then my intimacy with my wife got fixed. And then life mm. came out of that in, in both directions, in the spirit realm and in the physical realm. And so it's, it's, it's been an interesting journey to go through the Bible and realize where 
as a son, I kind of either stepped off course or, or growing up in church was never really on course because I wasn't reading the operator's manual. So as I've gotten into the book more and more and reading through it, it's really changed the way I look at sonship. And then even going through the, the I had I had them all pulled up, even the Abba Factor and the Abba Foundation, like going through those different books help me realize like I want to be the one in the car you know sitting in the back saying we and having a blast and so rather than than being so distracted with life and um we it reprioritized our life to go through that process and through that journey uh with others and just I mean it there there were very highs and very very lows but in the end we we had we realized our foundation as a family had so many cracks in it because we didn't know who we were in Christ we didn't really see what we were supposed to be doing. And then when we started counting how many disciples we had made in our life and in our ministry, there was only a just a handful besides the physical, actual children that we've created through intimacy. But but the disciples that we're walking with and saying, hey, this is who you are in Christ. And now we're seeing marriages restored just by sharing our marriage testimony of restoration. We're seeing people realize who they are in Christ. And then people that are stuck in a cycle come out of it just by sitting down and having a meal with them. Um, Tonight, no one showed up. So it worked out good that I could get on this. But normally on Monday nights, we do a fire outside. And we just say, Okay, Lord, come around this fire and just teach people how to be sons and daughters. And so it's funny to see the fire burning right out of the view of your camera in the background, because we normally have a big blazing campfire with with logs all around and we just get in the word together. So it's been a fun journey though, but I, I appreciate that you're doing this. Thank you. So good to have you. Glad to have you. Uh, I know that you're, you're catching it. Uh, we can live out of our heads. We can live out of our hearts. We, we have the choice. And as we continue to walk with the Holy spirit and make him our best friend, continue to ask him to, show us how he sees others and then begin to bless them and pray for them. Uh, I've got an interesting situation where I live. I have uh, a couple of neighbors next door. Uh, Won't talk on uh, camera about the situation, but they're living in a, a very, uh, Oh, let's say perverse lifestyle. And as soon as we, well, as soon as they moved in, we were already there, but as soon as they moved in, somehow they, they were looking us up on online and found out we were pastors and it just ignited uh, (laughs) some fury and, and they started uh, uh, sharing all kinds of stuff on, on social media. So of course we're saying, well, what did we do? We didn't do anything. And then I, I went over and knocked on the door trying to talk to them. They wouldn't answer the door. Da, 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 da. And, uh, so, you know, they've been in my heart now for a couple of years, Lord, how give me a way to uh, break through. And, and the, the first way of that is just by praying for them, blessing them, asking God to come move in them, having them on my heart enough to begin to say, God, you have a dream for them. What I found out, uh, with a conversation she could had with one of them, online was that one of them had, uh, gone to divinity school and had gotten a master's degree in, in divinity. And then something happened in that school that, uh, really, um, set him on a totally different, totally different, uh, orbit. And so there's a lot of healing that's needed there. Well, all that to say, 
even this week, uh, this last weekend, I said, Lord, show me a way that I can break through. We've been, we've been living next door to each other for, uh, at least two years, maybe three years now, and have not had a single conversation face to face, uh, with them. Every time they see us outside, they, you know, through the garage door and, and gone. Well, they've got a beautiful tree that sheds like crazy and it was in both their yard and my yard. And so, uh, the Lord gave me the idea yesterday morning, just go rake all the leaves, the leaves in your yard and the leaves in their yard. Just go rake the leaves. Don't say anything about it. Just go rake the leaves. So I've done that. While I was bagging up the leaves, one of them pulled up into the driveway. <laughs> garage door went up. They went in. Garage door went down. Still no conversation. But the Lord is giving us ways to get in. I just want to encourage you. Uh, you know this already. I'm not saying anything you don't know. But God has given us his spirit. And by his indwelling spirit, we are a prophetic people. God will give us insights into people, his dream for them, his desire for them, his plan for them. And even if everything about them makes us shudder, uh, say, I don't want to be around that kind of person, if we'll bless them and just say, Father, give me your heart for them and give me your eyes for them, begin to bless them and watch what the Father does. Uh, what a fantastic uh, way to look at Thanksgiving and affirmation, not just ways to do business or ways to carry on conversations, but really ways for the father to move in, to break through into people's broken lives. And the, the joy, the honor that we get to be able to be the carriers of that and to be the, the doorways, the gateways for that is just astounding to me. I do want to to say to you how much I appreciate each one of you appreciate you being on uh, many of you are on here every month and, and we're together in other ways as well. So grateful for you, grateful for your heart, for the father, grateful for your heart, for sonship and for, for the movement of sonship around the world. And I know the Lord is growing. All of us continues to speak to us. I just pray that what he speaks to you, you will share with us and we'll just keep the fire burning. Uh, Reese, your, your campfire idea, um, really articulates how we talk about this and our triads that, uh, we all spend time with the father and he hands us a stick, a revelation, a word, a psalm, a hymn, we come together then and we one by one, we throw our stick in the fire and the fire begins to blaze. And uh, I've sensed that in my own heart here tonight, being with you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, I just want to say uh, for all of you, for your families, for the churches you represent, we just speak God's grace and peace over you. And I pray that this week will be such a blessed week of Thanksgiving affirmation that the Lord will show you pieces of his dream for you that you've never even thought of before and that that becomes a word for you. And I want to just give you uh, the word that he gave me. I think I have permission to do this. He wants to make you the master of the prophetic question. He wants to make you the master of the prophetic question. And he wants to teach you how to ask questions prophetically that unlocks people's hearts and unlocks their life and unlocks their resistance and opens up uh, their 
their understanding of the Father's dream for them. Once we see the Father's dream for us, everything else looks like rubbish. You know, as the old chorus goes, the things of this world grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Uh, I love you very much. Love you with all my heart. Cheeky is attending a funeral uh, tonight for someone that was very dear to her, a, a godfather in her life. And so she would be here. Uh, we'll see her again soon. Love you. Blessings. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you, those in the States and those in Columbia and other places. Thanks for joining us. Before.